0: It was pretty early in my career when somebody said direct mail is going to be dead in five years. Um, And that five year mark keeps getting pushed out, pushed out, pushed out. Direct mail is not going anywhere anytime soon, but it's evolving.
1: Hey there, it's Justin. Uh, Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of Group Thinkers. I'm super excited to chat with Shannon McCracken today. Shannon is the CEO of the newly launched. Nonprofit Alliance, which is an industry group of uh, professionals and someone who is on the front lines tackling some big issues facing nonprofit marketers in today's space. So uh, in this episode, Shannon and I talk about just the formation of that. Uh, We get into her journey and the time that she spent in Special Olympics as well as uh, at a couple of other stops before landing at the, the Nonprofit Alliance. So, really pleasant chat. And I can't say enough about Shannon as a, as a person, but also as a, a contributor, as a thought leader in the nonprofit marketing space. So, uh, we're going to get to the episode with Shannon here in just a second. Uh, just a, a quick plug wherever you're listening to this right now, um, whatever app you're listening to it, if you haven't already, uh, throw us a follow. Uh, subscribe to group thinkers, and so if you 're listening in your iTunes podcast app or if it 's Spotify or wherever it is, uh, be sure to throw us a subscribe we 'd appreciate that you can also uh, comment on this episode and any other from uh, the season of group thinkers. so we love your feedback, uh, so be sure and help us out in in doing that so all of those things aside, here you go. Here is Shannon McCracken on GroupThinkers. All right, ladies and gents, uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode of GroupThinkers. Uh, I am here with Shannon McCracken. Shannon, how are you today?
0: I'm great, Justin. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks so much for taking time to, to chat with us. I know you're exceptionally busy with things going on with the Nonprofit Alliance and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that today. But before we dive into what is, uh, what's going on in your journey, and your story right now, uh, I just wanted to go back in time and start at the beginning of your journey and story and, and have you tell our listeners how you found yourself in the nonprofit space.
0: Oh gosh, I found myself in a nonprofit space. Well, I like to say that I lucked into it. <laughs> when I graduated from college, I had a minor in marketing, but I really had no idea what direct marketing was. Um, I think it was maybe part of a paragraph in one of my classes at one point. So, um, but I needed a job and, um, and I saw this direct marketing gig and I thought it sounded sort of like advertising, which is what I thought I really wanted to do. Um, something glamorous and, exciting. and um, and so then I landed a job with a direct mail firm in their nonprofit client space. Um, and I I was hooked by the whole idea of this data driven, testable, measurable marketing. Um, and then I also really loved that we were doing it for nonprofits, and that just opened this whole new world um, for me that I I just didn't know was out there. And so after a couple of years with the um, with the agency, I moved over to the client side with a large nonprofit, and then. I was off and running.
1: Yeah, you spent uh, a handful of years with a very large national nonprofit, and then you moved from there uh, on to Charity Navigator, uh, and now with uh, the Nonprofit Alliance. So you really have uh, a fascinating perspective, in my opinion, in that you've seen three distinct sides of the the prism, the the landscape of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. You've been on the agency mm-hmm. and consultant side. You've been on the nonprofit side, and now uh, with professional associations, uh, you're providing, and you are providing it. By the way, you can't deny it. you're providing vision and leadership in the nonprofit <laughs> space. How how has that shaped you? That
0: whole journey. How has the whole journey shaped me in the prism? I like the way you describe that, three different sides of the prison, because you're right. It, it, um, it's different viewpoints on the same community space that we're all in. Um, well, I mean, if you know me, you know I'm a planner. Um, and yet every time I've made a major career change, it's just something that, it, had you asked me six months before that, if I would if I would do this next big thing, I would have been like adamantly, no, that doesn't sound like anything that I would do. Um and yet I did it. And it's it's just one of those things when it's the right time and the right place and it feels right. Um I was crazy enough to jump and and always landed well, thankfully. <laughs> um so I, I wasn't on the commercial partner side for very long, but it was my first step into this nonprofit space. Um, and it's where I fell in love with direct marketing. And then I spent the next two decades, hard to believe, but two decades inside two very, very different nonprofit organizations. I started as direct mail manager, and then I went all the way up to chief development officer. And it's hard to sum up two decades of that in a short story. But but I'd say this is where I learned not only the craft of nonprofit development, but also all the all the skills that come around that, right? Like the relationship building and leadership and how to to build successful programs from the ground up, um, how to evolve programs that we inherit or that sort of get blended together and, and you know, change management. And so now my latest adventure is leading the nonprofit alliance, as you said, which is, um, gosh, it's incredibly exciting and challenging in a whole new way. Um, and again, something that six months ago, I certainly didn't, didn't see on the horizon.
1: So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the nonprofit alliance? Because this is a new challenge. It's a new frontier. It's a super exciting new organization, and uh, RKD Group is very proud to be a part of it on the ground floor. By the way, Um, you you know the nonprofit alliance has described itself as a 21st century alliance for the nonprofit community. So um, give us a little bit of the formation, the mission, the launch of this new organization.
0: Absolutely. I would love to. My favorite topic. Um, So the nonprofit Alliance was formed by industry leaders in late summer 2018, which believe it or not, was only a couple months ago. Um, And the the vision is a stronger, more effective voice for nonprofit interests. There are are critically important legislative decisions that are being made right now that impact major issues. Um, And the big one is the responsible use of data. That's something nonprofits care about deeply. Um, And yet we haven't been represented in these conversations and the nonprofit alliance is here to change that. And we're doing that very quickly. Um, We are collaborating with other leading industry associations and organizations, and we're looking to do that in a, in a complementary rather than a competitive manner. Um, You know, we're not looking to kind of come in and take over the world and, 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 Reproduce what's already being done well. We're looking to to be additive, to fill gaps, and and do some things differently and better, and be more forward thinking. Um, and and honestly, what I think is most impressive about what we're doing right now is that we're we're taking on some of this urgent work um, around around the um, advocacy advocacy piece even before we're formally opening our doors for membership. That will come in early 2019. Um, and and with that will be educational programming and networking and other membership benefits. But we realized once we started down this path and and we you know we had this several month plan laid out in front of us, and we looked at the issues and said, "You know what, we can't wait um we've We've got to get started sooner, And so we have.
1: You certainly have, uh, and you know i've I've had the privilege of being a part of conversations with you and other members of the team and and committees that are helping uh, advance this with the throttle down and it is moving exceptionally fast Mm -hmm. and that's necessary because the urgency of some of these issues that you have already uh, brought up. But Shannon, there are so many different organizations, uh, different professional organizations, groups that nonprofit professionals could invest their time or their resources or the nonprofits resources into. Um, For you, what makes TNPA stand out?
0: Uh, Great question. First and foremost, we formed because we saw some gaps that weren't being met. So as you said, there are some really excellent, strong organizations out there, um, but there were spaces between those or things that maybe some of those organizations used to do and their their priorities or their resources or their direction has shifted and nobody's backfilled that space. Um, And so the, the whole premise of the Nonprofit Alliance is Again, that we're additive, not competitive. um, And that we want to construct something that amplifies the impact of the important work that others are doing. Um, And in some cases, recreate the success stories that perhaps reside within a regional organization or some sort of niche organization so that we can have a broader reach with that and more awareness of the work that's happening. And then we will build around that and fill some of those glaring holes and branch into some new arenas. you know, I just, I just got off a really interesting call with, um, with another person in our space, and, and we were talking about education components, and, um, and something we were talking about is that, you know, when, when we're part of these other professional organizations, and we all gather together for a big event, or a conference, or, um, you know, whatever it may be, and we kind of look around, and we go, oh my gosh, what an amazing community we have built with hundreds of people in the room, and that's Absolutely true, um, and, and I've been really fortunate to kind of grow up in my career through, you know, through some of these networks. But then I think we really need to step back and look again at who's not in the room, and what can the Nonprofit Alliance do to meet the needs of people and organizations and, and companies and parts of our sector that haven't felt welcomed or valued or haven't felt like what's out there is, is relevant there are more than one and a half million nonprofits in the U S and I think our largest professional organizations have representatives from a few hundred. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm not saying that the nonprofit Alliance is going to be relevant for a million organizations. We're not going to have a million members, but there's a pretty big Delta between hundreds and millions. And I think there's opportunity there to, um, to broaden the, pull out the poles of the tent a little bit and, um, and welcome in other parts of our nonprofit community. So that's, that's what's really exciting. Great. And I think that's what's different.
1: Well, and the education side is going to be a big component of that and how, you know, we are arming, equipping, sharing best practices within our community so that we can all advance our missions complementary because as you said, there are so many organizations and opportunities for those organizations to continue to advance their impact and learnings that may happen in one silo that we can then share across.
0: Absolutely. And that's what's so fantastic about our space. And because I've, again, because my whole career has been inside the nonprofit sector, I lack the perspective of um, of some of our peers who have worked on the, you know, worked in a completely different industry and then they come into the nonprofit world. And but what we hear from them is um, it, it, is that our our industry is much more about lifting everybody else up alongside us you know, do we have competitive missions? Are we talking to some of the same donors? Are we, you know, sort of overlapping for that donor share of wallet? Yes, of course. But when we get together, it's all about, um, you know, like, let me tell you this really great thing that I did, and I'm going to put all my data up on the screen, and I'm going to share all my information and exactly how I did it. So everybody in this room can take that back and copy my great idea. Um, Or the one that I like even better is, let me show you this really awful thing we did that was Seemed like such a great gut hunch, and we tried it, and it failed miserably. And I'm going to show this off for you. <laughs> you can see what a terrible idea it was in execution, and not make the same mistake yourself. And that when we have that sort of collaboration and openness and willing to share, that's like that's so far up the mountain that we can start to build on top of. That's exciting. It doesn't exist, I don't think, in other space, in other industries.
1: This episode of Group Thinkers is brought to you by the RKD Group Blog. You might be listening on a mobile device right now, and if so, you can go ahead and open up a browser window and visit rkdgroup.com/blog. When you get there, you're going to find all sorts of resources tackling issues that are current in the nonprofit marketing space. There's channel-specific resources focused on direct mail, digital, multi-channel, and even omni-channel. There's also hot topics like GDPR, mid-level digital media, look back windows, and more. It's all over at rkdgroup.com slash blog. And now, back to group thinkers. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the converts to the nonprofit space, having spent uh, part of my formative years in my career in the commercial side. And I can tell you firsthand or validate, testify to what you're saying, that there's something inherently different different about the sense of purpose and uh, in one of our other episodes uh, here on Group Thinkers in season one, um, I sit down with Abdul Aziz uh, from Conspiracy of Love and talk a lot about brand purpose and I've got this kind of budding theory that you know nonprofits for a long time have chased the commercial space and marketing tactics we've wanted to mm-hmm. emulate try to catch up we feel like we live behind and and now there's this shift that's happening in some ways where brands non-for-profit uh, brands are chasing nonprofits because they want a greater sense of purpose and that's something that we have wow. that they don't have it's it's a fascinating fascinating time so on the marketing side um what challenges do you see facing nonprofits today uh you mentioned data privacy so mm-hmm. curious your perspective on that but also because uh you have grown from the direct marketing side uh come up in that space uh I'm guessing like myself, you love direct mail. And so let's talk about how mm-hmm. it's still vibrant, but it's also evolving and in, in direct marketing in general. What challenges do you see facing nonprofits on the marketing side today?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, that's a big question. We could talk about that for the next three hours, but so let's, let's hit on the two topics you called out, which are data privacy and then um, like state of direct mail and channels and, and how that's evolving. So Data privacy, you know, big gorilla in the room, we have GDPR, we have CCPA in California, other state and federal legislation that is brewing out there, um, and and big data is being viewed by our legislators as kind of the Wild West, um, and it's, it's at every level. Um, State, federal, international—it's on both sides of the aisle, and there's lots of motivation to rein it in. And as we head into 2019 and in our new Congress, we just—it's not a question of if, it's a question of how, of what it's going to look like, and what we're talking about a year from now in terms of the way we um, we responsibly use data. There's um, there's a lot of regulation that's being drafted um, right now with the big tech companies in mind. We all know that, um, you know, Facebook and Google and and the way people choose to engage with those big tech companies and the value they get out of it is very different than the way that they engage with basically everybody else in the world who's using data and and, um, technology, whether that's nonprofits or or small businesses and so on and so forth. And so the challenge, of course, is that when regulations are being written around these big tech companies and they're different than everybody else, then there's not really mindfulness around how this is going to impact Alzheimer's Association or DAV or the Nature Conservancy or, you know, fill in the blank with your favorite organization. And so this is the time when we, you know, it's why it's so critically important that we have to speak up and help legislators understand our particular interest in, in supporting responsible data use, how we use it now, um, how, we, how we protect that, how we have donors and consumer interests in mind. And make sure that we're not crippling our ability to educate the public about our missions and fund our programs because ultimately if if um, very strict policies get passed that um, you know that that inhibit our access to the data that we're using today in a really strong way then you know we all know what that means not just about hitting fundraising goals this year take it a step out of our day to day lives as, as development folks Um it it for many organizations, it could be what shuts them down, and that 's i mean that 's like dire end of the world sort of speak, but for many of us it 's true um, I, I you know you mentioned earlier that rkd is is one of our founding members and has come on board to support us even as we 're trying to get the legs under our organization and um, i 've just been um, amazed and grateful and humbled by the companies and the organizations and the individuals like RKD um, who have come up and, and become founding members. And what that means is you've made a contribution to us that's outside of membership dues. It's outside of anything else. It's almost like a capital campaign that says, get out there and get to work. <laughs> um, and that's that's what's really sped up our process instead of waiting until the organization has its doors open for members and you know sort of everything perfect and organized. Um, the, the support from our founding members has allowed the Nonprofit Alliance to start having those conversations on Capitol Hill, to start to bring in a lobbyist um, and a government affairs uh, expert too, um, to start shaping those conversations and building relationships and, and inserting us in the process. Um, the data privacy, that's the big one.
1: That's a Secondly, huge... Secondly to your... A, it's a, it's it's a huge, massive one. Yes. And, and yes. the sense of urgency that that you and the team are acting on is is crucial. And so, you know, again, applaud, applaud you for that. Um, what, what about on what about direct mail? Let's talk about direct mail. It's the close. We're, we're recording this at the end of November 2018. Uh, what's the state of direct mail um, in your perspective right now, Shannon?
0: Sure. Well, the direct mail is still our workhorse, right? It's, um, for any organization that's more than a few years old, direct mail is, is bringing in the lion's share of the individual donor money. Um, and it is, uh, also it's, it's reaching the most individual people, um, in ways that are, you know, relevant and interesting and targeted and so on and so forth. So, um, I think it was pretty early in my career when somebody said direct mail is going to be dead in five years Um, and that five year mark keeps getting pushed out, pushed out, pushed out. Direct mail is not going anywhere anytime soon. But it's evolving the way we did direct mail then. I mean, I you know, when I first started at um, at Special Olympics, which was my first nonprofit job, when I first started there, we were making money on acquisition right out of the gate. And, um, and that's not happening in too many places anymore. It's, it's just direct mail has continued to change. It's not the same channel that we were using 20 years ago. And so I think recognizing how the channels are evolving, and no, we don't want to chase every shiny new object that's out there, but, um, but we have this entire array of other channels that collectively start to become significant when we look at the bits and pieces of revenue and donors and, and engagement that come from them. Um, Any one of those is, for most organizations, not as as big as direct mail, Um, but the pieces of those fitting together are significant, and they also require a lot of resources because we we have to learn those and adapt those and adapt our databases to those and make sure staff knows how to use them and is meeting expectations. As consumers are finding us through these other channels, they already have expectations about how um, how they're using those channels in other ways and, and nonprofits have to keep up with that. Um, you know, it's interesting looking at some of the, Giving Tuesday was earlier this week and, and looking at some of the data about like Facebook fundraising numbers on, on Giving Tuesday and how quickly That has jumped, Uh, you know, a couple years ago, everyone was kind of rolling their eyes when we talked about Facebook as a fundraising channel. Nobody's going to make money on Facebook. That's not what it's for. And that's, you know, clearly that's changing. Face-to-face isn't new, but it's hit, um, from my point of view, it's hit a tipping point where a lot more organizations across sectors are using it. It used to be limited to just a couple organizations in the the U.S., and now lots of people are finding, um, finding real value and wins in canvassing. And then, well, I just think in our nonprofit world, we too often feel like we um, we can't make the investment necessary to learn quickly. We're, we're so resource strapped. We're so risk averse. And so we we just dabble or we take a wait and see kind of approach and let somebody else figure it out for us. Kind of what's going to stick. What I would love to see. Um, and, I, and the nonprofit alliance can be part of leading this. I would love to see us come together in really interesting shared investment strategies to be able to learn faster. If we put together a pool of of organizations or agencies or consultants um, to test, you know, let's say we had nine organizations come together, some big guys, right? Some like really large scalable file kind of things. and we we identified, Three different tests and broke them out into groups then this group of three tested one and this group of three tested one this group of three. and then we bring it all back and we say okay what did we learn no one organization had to test more than one really big scary thing but everybody in that group gets to benefit from the learnings and in fact it shouldn't just be limited to that to that group in our community of sharing and uplifting if some of these big guys can take on their shoulders some of that learning and then share it out with everyone So some of the organizations that really truly don't have that testing cushion can kind of say, okay, this thing over here isn't where we should be putting our investment right now. But this other new channel over here really is, is a place that we can start investing um, to start to come alongside direct mail as another really strong funding channel over time.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, to your point, the channels are evolving so quickly And uh, we are not in a place to be risk adverse anymore. We've got to move, we've got to act, and we do need to share those learnings as a community uh, so that we can collectively reach more people and therefore fund our missions so that we can continue to make the world more humane, just, and compassionate. Uh, One of the things that I, I love about direct mail and where i i see the evolution of it is direct mail is it, it, you know to your point there have been the uh back page conspiracies for some time about its demise and its decline and you know i don't i don't know that channels change i think that they evolve um mm-hmm. direct mail is such an intimate channel uh it you know sending a letter to someone is it's meaningful. When you get a handwritten note after uh, you have a conversation with someone, it, it feels special. And Direct Mail is a channel that still captures the essence of that intimacy in a marketing format. And so, you know, I'm excited to see over the next three to five years how that continues to evolve. Direct Mail is becoming more of a vehicle that, you know, people receive and then they go online and uh you know learn about organizations or maybe contribute and so that doesn't mean that direct mail is um, weakening it means it's changing and so it is crucially important for us to be able to track understand uh, look at attribution between different channels so that we can be well informed to continue to reach people in a whole new way
0: exactly everything you said and And I think where we've really come a long way in the past few years is some of that cross channel attribution, and even if we're not doing it perfectly yet you know like maybe we we we're not quite connecting all the dots to know exactly how you know one person is touching us in different places but um but you know we we've we at least recognize that that cross channel engagement is happening, so to your point, somebody might get the direct mailing they don't they don't reply, but they give online. You know, a lot of organizations are good at connecting those dots right now. But the social media piece and the, um, you know, the the advertising, like all those other um, touch points that we're putting out there, and recognizing that we don't have to just look at those in their own little single line item to say, oh, we spent this much and how much came in and campaign closed and that was an abysmal failure. But really recognizing that's how people just engage differently with with organizations than they did five, ten years ago, minutes ago, <laughs> uh, and just being there and being present and being part of that, that kind of landscape around people right now is, um, is so important, and, and there are lots of opportunities to do it, and it's just a matter of, of kind of picking and prioritizing, and, um, and then because we're direct marketers measuring over time.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, the data privacy and uh, the evolution of our channels. And those will be two hot items that the Nonprofit Alliance continues to talk about and bring thought leadership to the table. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, Shannon, as we wrap up today, and I can't say thank you enough, uh, where can people connect with you and the Nonprofit Alliance online?
0: Absolutely. So the easiest way, kind of one-stop shopping, if you will, visit our website, www.thenonprofitalliance.org. Um, it's a great site. It's, um, there's, it's not two-dimensional yet because we are, in fact, only, you know, weeks, months old. Um, so there's more to come as we continue to flesh that out. But, um, but there's lots of content there already. From the site, you can sign up for our email list. Um, you also, there are also links there that you can use to easily follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and there's a link there that you can email me directly to. I would love to start a conversation and hear people's thoughts, ideas, um, questions about the Nonprofit Alliance. And, um, and so I look forward to it.
1: Awesome. Shannon, thanks so much for the time today. Uh, really appreciate you taking time out of a very busy schedule to talk about the Nonprofit Alliance and some of the hot items that, uh, that we're all dealing with as we go through this crazy year-end period.
0: Oh, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate being part of your series.
1: There you go. That's Shannon McCracken from the Nonprofit Alliance joining us. Uh, You can find Shannon on LinkedIn, as she mentioned. Uh, Certainly suggest that you seek out the Nonprofit Alliance through their website, LinkedIn and other social profiles uh, to throw them a follow and get connected as well. As she mentioned, uh, membership information for the Nonprofit Alliance is going to be something going live in early 2019. So I know that that's going to be something you're going to want to, Pay attention and get plugged into the top of the episode. I mentioned uh, that we really, really want you to throw us a subscribe in whatever app you're listening to us on, Uh, but also want you to throw us a follow on Twitter. Uh, Twitter's the place to where we're going to have lots of conversation about the ins and outs of uh, not only who we have on group thinkers, but also um, just talking about and curating more conversation about these big issues that uh that we're talking about some of which we just talked about with shannon so uh open up twitter throw us a follow at group thinkers as always you can follow at rkd fundraising uh, to learn more about rkd group visit rkdgroup.com and that's it for this episode thanks for checking out group thinkers we'll see you down the road GroupThinkers is a production of RKD Group. For more information, check out rkdgroup.com podcast. Special thanks to Becky V and the team for all the production work on this and every episode of GroupThinkers.